Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 21st day of October in the year of our Lord, 2022. I will be talking about the energy policies of President Joe Biden and how he is desperately trying to hold down soaring fuel prices until after the midterm elections with very little success because it's very hard to hold down energy prices even for a month without actually producing any energy. Yes, it appears, according to the Wall Street Journal, that President Biden went begging to the Saudis for energy relief just before the OPEC met on October 5th. The journal reports, quote, days before a major oil production cut by OPEC and its Russia-led allies, U.S. officials called their counterparts in Saudi Arabia and other big Gulf producers with an urgent appeal to delay the decision for another month. According to people familiar with the talks, the answer was a resounding no. U.S. officials warned Saudi leaders that a cut would be viewed as a clear choice by Riyadh to side with Russia in the Ukraine war and that the move would weaken already waning support in Washington for the kingdom, the people said. Saudi officials dismissed the request, which they viewed as a political gambit by the Biden administration to avoid bad news ahead of the U.S. midterm elections on which control of Congress hangs, high gas prices, and inflation have been central issues in the campaign. Instead, the people said the kingdom leaned on its OPEC allies to approve the cut, which is aimed at reducing production by 2 million barrels per day, end quote. Yes, indeed, American prestige is very high at OPEC right now, as the Saudis leave the President of the United States looking weak and foolish from his own act of begging what amounts to an enemy or at least a hostile nation to save his control of Congress. The Wall Street Journal rates this explanation of the call to OPEC as highly plausible. The midterms are weighing heavily on the minds of the administration as their poll numbers shrink with rising gas prices. They have been enjoying a bit of relief at the polls, with Biden's releasing Strategic Petroleum Reserves, or the SPR, into the market. There's only so much oil in the strategic reserves, and Biden is apparently willing to use a great deal of it to buy votes in the midterms. He announced another depletion in the SPR this week, which, according to energy officials, would take the reserves to the lowest point since the 1980s. The usual White House press conference by Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre Produced the usual mumbo-jumbo about how it's all Putin's fault, the fault of the oil industry, even reserved a little blame for gas stations, hoping, I guess, that people are dumb enough to accept such nonsense. Releases from the SBR are usually reserved for national disasters or national emergencies, so I guess faltering poll numbers and nervous reaction to the coming election qualify as a national emergency. Reports are that the U.S. will have about 17 days of reserves left, assuming no further releases. I should at least be fair to the administration, though, because, surprise, administration spokesperson Adrienne Watson vehemently denied that the call to OPEC had any political purpose at all. She denied that Biden was driven by political ex uh, calculations. Quote, it's categorically false to connect this to the U.S. elections. It's about the impact of this short-sighted decision to the global economy, end quote. Yes, yes, that's very believable, a very believable explanation indeed. The president is simply concerned about the global economy. That is why he made 
a personal appeal why he was so angry and threatening toward the Saudis. Once again, President Biden has left himself on the horns of a dilemma. He desperately needs energy prices to subside at least until the elections. However, his economic policies, along with one of his chief goals being the destruction of America's ability to produce energy, make that all but impossible. The cost of energy is soaring because of his spending-induced inflation, but also because of his numerous attacks on fossil fuels and the ability of the nation to produce them. He canceled the Keystone XL pipeline immediately after taking office. That pipeline was scheduled to transport about 900,000 barrels from Canada to American refineries each day. The same day he canceled the pipeline, he signed several executive orders curtailing energy production, including suspension of oil and gas leases on federal lands and offshore. He issued other orders for government agencies such as the Securities and Exchange Commission to act against energy producers. He canceled leases in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and in other areas of the country. So there's a long list of deliberate actions aimed at destroying American energy production, but he is willing to go hat in hand to the Saudis who refuse to take his hand. He's apparently very interested in our environment, but not at all interested in the Arabian environment. Now, He's very rapidly running the country out of oil in the SBR, and that appears to be his last card. He announced a plan earlier this year to release 180 million barrels, which will take the SBA, SPR to its lowest level since the 1980s. In any event, there's a lot less oil to deal with actual emergencies than there was before he decided to deal with his political emergency. He has made us dependent again. It's such a terrible waste. We were completely energy independent and a net exporter just two years ago. Now, because of him, we're reduced to begging a rather hostile nation. Our European allies are not immune to President Biden's follies, nor are they immune to their own suicidal green energy policies. European countries within the EU decided to go all out to convert to solar and wind energy. In response to that commitment, they shut down much of the world's most high-tech and clean nuclear energy. They also curtailed the protection, production of fossil fuels, including coal, of which they are now desperately trying to import. The green energy commitment left them totally dependent on the import of Russian gas, for which they had a reasonably priced deal with Russia. Russia took three years, spent billions, to build the Nord Stream pipelines to solidify the deal, but then Russia invaded Ukraine and sanctions were placed against Russian gas. Russia began reducing the flow through the pipelines, I would suspect, to show the Europeans what the next winter was going to be like. The Europeans didn't get the message, though, so the gas stopped flowing completely. That's all the Russians had to do to stop the gas, just turn off the tap. We are now, however, expected to believe that the clever Russians blew up their own pipeline so they could not transport their oil. Danish authorities responsible for the investigation say that it was deliberate sabotage. It happened by an amazing coincidence, just as many Europeans were reconsidering their relationship with Russia and talk of jumping off the American ship could be heard. The crisis now threatened not only European industry and small business, but even the hospitals. The German health minister was quoted as saying that quick and decisive action was needed to avoid hospital closures, inflation adds fuel to the fire, if you'll pardon the pun, and it has reached 10.9% in Germany, the highest rate since the East and West were reunited. 
Inflation eats wages, and French workers in Paris hit the streets to protest and to demand higher wages and to demand the resignation of French President Emmanuel Macron. Understandable, but its result would be to make the problem worse, except for the Macron part. I'll leave Europe for now to its own devices and return to the energy follies of Joe Biden. His policies of deliberate destruction of American energy are about to hit the American people hard. The Saudis, in conjunction with their Russian and other oil-producing nations, timed their 2 million barrel per day cut in production with the bottom of America's SPR. The central question, then, is why? Why does he beg hostile nations for their oil while he deliberately sabotages American production? He must be well aware that the methods of production are far less environmentally friendly in Saudi Arabia than those of the United States. Why this energy sabotage when the U.S. and the American people are suffering but sitting on top of the greatest deposit of energy on this earth? Why refuse to buy oil from friendly nations like Canada instead go begging to the hostile ones? The answer to at least some of these questions lie within the mind of Joe Biden or those who control him. But we can at least speculate that an all-out commitment to the Green New Deal, no matter the cost, is partially to blame. He is on an ideological crusade that will ultimately make us all poorer, more dependent, and constantly subject to sabotage and higher prices. In conclusion, folks, I offer you a quote from writer and economist Bill Bonner. Quote, There is no record of any public crusade intended to make the world better that actually did so. The great crusades of the Middle Ages, the religious wars of the 15th, 16th, and 17th centuries, the French Revolution and the Great Terror, World War I, the Russian Revolution, Nazi Germany, the Soviet Union, Prohibition, the war on poverty, the war on drugs, the war on terrorism, all were disasters. And now the people who brought you these marvelous mishaps bring you another big campaign. It may be the most ambitious crusade in human history. Like the Great Leap Forward, it's led by fanatics. Dissent is repressed as misinformation, and it will end up, it will upend our traditional vernacular economy. There are 8 billion people on planet Earth. They depend on fossil fuel. More importantly, they depend on the system that brought us fossil fuel, a system of bid and ask, please and thank you, give and take. That is, they depend on a vernacular economy that gives them what they want fairly, freely, and effectively. Take away that economy, substitute central planning by bureaucrats and party hacks armed with statistics, quotas, rifles, tear gas, penalties, subsidies, and printing press money, and what do you have? A cold day in hell. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.